Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Definitely are the funniest guys in church. Uh, goodness. Good morning, Sacred Church. How we doing? Good. Yeah. Oh, man. How good is Jesus? Yeah, he's good. So good. Oh, God's been good to you. He deserves a big praise and place. Come on, so yeah. Man, I got to tell you, I just, I just absolutely love Jesus. Um, and this morning, if you're new with us, I hope today that you leave here with understanding that Takeover Church is not a bunch of, about a bunch of Christians. Uh, taking over, but it's about seeing Jesus take over yeah. Christians' lives, actually, tangibly, physically, taking over people's lives. Amen? Come on. Amen. Hey, this morning, real quick, before we get started with the message and we continue our series, This Is Us, um, if you're a mother in the place with style and grace, can you help me? Where's my mom's at? What's up, moms? Mm. A lot of mom talk going on. But just so you know, we do have this amazing little room all set up for you if you know you need a nurse if you need to do anything we'll be doing some more changes throughout the weeks but we meant to hit this a couple times in church now that we've had this location and uh it slipped my mind every single time so just so you know there's an amazing mother's room um you can go in there and take care of whatever you need to relax with the little ones um but that way you get to enjoy service and also um you know take care of the little guys so sound good okay. fantastic should have had a lady to talk about it with a bit more finesse because I'm a man and I don't have kids yet. So, uh, trying to figure it out. But this morning, if you're ready for the Word of God, say, I'm ready. ready. If you're ready for Jesus, say, I'm ready. ready. Come on, somebody. This morning, we are continuing our series, This Is Us. Has anybody seen the TV show, This Is Us? Fantastic. It has nothing to do with that. So, you're all on the same page. It's real good. But this morning, if you haven't been with us the, the, the past two weeks, we had last, we had Sabbath Sunday. I'll put a good Sabbath Sunday. Sure. Come on, somebody. Anybody get sunburned? No. Mm, got to get some sun blocked. We're no, I'm joking. I'm not going to go with that stupid joke. But I got mad sunburned, so pray for your boy. But we've been in a series called This Is Us. And the first week, we preached a message called Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. And then the following week, we preached a message called The Burning Ones. If you haven't been caught up, check out the YouTube, check out Spotify, wherever it's streaming. Get caught up because I feel like God has just been moving in this message series. Am I alone in that? It's been moving in your life through this message series. So this morning, I hope for the same presence of God just to flow in this place. So this morning, if you're taking notes, say, I'm taking notes. Taking notes. The title of the message is Living in Renewal. Living in Renewal. And this morning, before my beautiful wife, Adrienne, hijacked my scripture during prayer and praise, um, you know, she quoted it pretty well, but I'm going to read the ESV version. So, you know, Adrian version is real nice. All right, Romans 12, 1 through 2 is where we're going to kick off, and then we're going to dive into some more. Y'all ready? Yeah. All right, 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Come on, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. Father God, we ask this morning that you would just begin to move right now. 
Right now, God, we have laid ourselves out like the living sacrifice. We put ourselves again on the altar this morning, God. And we ask right now, Holy Spirit, come and begin your heart surgery. Begin your surgery in our lives, God. We lay ourselves down on the altar and we say, God, if it's not in you, we don't want it in us this morning, God. Father, just begin. Your word of God says that your word is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, able to pierce between bone and marrow, God. So we came here today to be built up in the way that we're built up, Father God, is when you come in and you remove what you do not want to see in your kids' lives. You heal what needs to be healed in your kids' lives, God. And then you make us look more like Jesus. Yeah. So we come before you right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would have your way in this place. And we'll get out of the way. In Jesus, by name of faith, the church in. Amen. Amen. Living in renewal. Living in renewal. Before we get started um, with this piece of scripture, I just kind of felt like as I was praying there, um, you don't have to shoot your hand up. I'm, I'm, I feel like I've got a pretty good sense of who this is, but... This morning, if there's someone, man, Adrian, I just had the privilege recently of, of coming around so many couples in our church and, and, and really just walking them through getting married, walking them through after marriage, walking them through all these things. And I just kind of felt like maybe this morning there's a, a couple or two in this room and, and there's no shame in this, okay? But maybe you've been struggling with uh, trust in your marriage. And I don't know who that is necessarily, but I just want to pray over you real quick that that trust would be established that that would be renewed that faithfulness would be had and that we would really see god's best come about in your marriage so no shame on you would be ashamed today if you left in that same place that you're in so father god right now we just ask that your holy spirit would fill up these married couples in this room god that you would fill them up to such a place holy spirit that there's no room for distrust no distrust within their marriage, God. No distrust with you, God. They would be able to faithfully put their faith in who you are, Father God, even more than their spouse, God, today, Father. We just ask right now that there would be an awakening in our marriages, God, that we would love Jesus more than we love our spouse. And because we love Jesus more than we love our spouse, our spouse can never fail us. And that frees us up to give forgiveness freely, God, to give forgiveness willingly, God. So this morning, Father God, we just ask that you would be, you would be the thing that binds together how to become one, that no man separate, where you have joined together, Father God. So this morning, we just come against the spirit of distrust. We ask for your Holy Spirit to wash over hearts and heal what needs to be healed, and for repentance and humility to be had on whoever the offender may be in that situation, God. But we would see the best come about, a resurrection in marriages today. In Jesus' mighty name, a faithful church that Amen. Sometimes we've got to have a little ministry time, amen? Like, what are we here for if we're not seeing people set right, amen? Living in renewal. So here we got the Apostle Paul. Is anybody familiar with the Apostle Paul? He is the coolest guy in the New Testament right after Jesus, okay? I would love to say I'm more like Paul, but I'm usually Peter, and that sucks. Um, and so pray for me. But I love the Apostle Paul because he's just such a, you know, he's a man and he kicks teeth in and he's just a bad dude. Uh, he is awesome. And then there's Peter who is more like me and, you know, I get distracted looking at Jesus and I'm falling to water even though I'm doing cool stuff. Like, that's me and it's sad. But Paul, Paul used to be Saul. And Saul was this bad Jewish hierarchy leader real quick just to catch up with speed, where basically Saul was commissioned by Jewish order to go out, find followers of the way, Christians, and murder them, 
and pillage them and take their things and put them on trial and stone them to death, like crazy stuff that he was called to do. And then suddenly he has an amazing, life-changing transformation moment where Jesus took over his life. And now he is so much set free, so much a new creation, so much a new man that he goes from being Saul to being Paul. And now he is leading and overseeing churches, which is what he is called as an apostle to do, where he is like a, basically a pastor to pastors and oversights and pastors and churches. And so here we have Paul. And he goes through all this life. And he is tasked with overseeing a budding church in Rome. Now, maybe today you, uh, you, you don't really get the significance of that because, you know, we've, uh, we've seen a lot of sword and sandal movies. We've seen the Russell Crowe gladiator. We've been entertained by uh, Roman culture from back then. We've seen some HBO shows. We've watched some movies. Maybe we saw Ben-Hur, but not the remakes. It was terrible. Like, we've seen and we have been introduced to Roman culture of the time. But I feel like because we live in 2021 that maybe the words of Paul are a bit missed on us because we don't fully grasp what he's actually speaking to. So if you've seen a sword and sandal movie or if you've seen a show, the chances are you understand a bit of Roman culture. Because Roman culture, Rome was heathen of heathens, okay? Let's just go be honest about it, okay? Caesar time, sword and sandals, that whole deal, the nine yards, was heathen as heathen gets, okay? Rome was an empire, and Rome came through with a chip on their shoulder, and they didn't give a rip about anybody else. In fact, all they cared about was doing what they want, how they want, when they want, with who they want, whether that person wants it or not, and doing what Caesar wants them to do, whether other people want them to do or not. They were an empire the world has never seen before. And they came through at a time and a place where they did whatever they wanted, you see. Unfortunately, at this day and age, Rome was a type of civilization where women didn't really have a voice. Where sexual abuse, trying to stay away from certain words, because there are some children present, was normalized and celebrated, where slavery was normalized and celebrated. Like, Rome was a buck wild place, completely immoral, malfunctioning, and given over to human frailty and sin. And this is who Paul is talking to. You see here in Takeover Church, we believe context is king because I think if Christians could truly get this, if Christians could truly understand what they are reading and the audience this was written to, we would understand that the Word of God is so much greater and so much deeper and so much crazier that who you are made to be and what you are called to do is so much greater than you have ever been introduced to before because I feel like this is missed on us because we are so far removed from this point in history. And so Paul, he's writing to these Romans. And, and these Romans are for the worst of the worst. These Romans, up until this moment, up until having a relationship with Jesus, were given over to every desire because why not? Were allowed to just go and pursue whomever they wanted because why not? 
They could go and pillage any community because why not? They would listen and they would bow at Caesar when he would come through or any other high officer because that's how they were raised and how they were brought up was to basically worship Caesar. So this is Paul's audience. And the thing I think is pretty unreal about this is that I identify with this so much. I identify with the fact that pre-Jesus, I was very much the king of my own castle. I was very much constructing my own empire. I was very much building something that would stand and shine for Matt McClure and not stand and shine bright like the burning ones we preached two weeks ago. So Paul, he's writing to these Romans, and I think often, unfortunately, as Christians, man, we'll read this, we'll be completely removed from it, not understanding it, and we will read this, and we see Paul saying, you are to present yourselves a living sacrifice. That you are to present yourselves from this moment a living sacrifice. That you begin to renew your mind to find out what the good and perfect pleasing will of God is. That you are to be transformed. And I find it that often churches and Christians, we get to this place where we meet Jesus much like these Romans. And we have lived all these years, however long or short they have been, for ourselves. How we were raised with the culture around us, indoctrinated by whatever we grew up in. And suddenly we meet Jesus, we're born again, you go, now what? Now what? I'm born again, but, but now what? Paul's attempting to answer this question for these Romans because, friends, it is entirely possible to be a born-again believer but have no idea what you are. It's entirely possible. To be a born-again believer following Jesus, but have no idea what you are, friends. If we live a life following Jesus as Christians, but completely miss the point of what a Christian is, we will abandon the purpose of what a Christian is. Friends, if, we, if you don't know what you are, you will completely miss the point of what you are. If you do not know what you are, if I do not know what I am, then I will completely abandon the purpose for what I am. You see, friends, much like these Romans, when you find ourselves saying the prayer, going, yeah, I want Jesus. He's radically changing my life. I heard the good news of the gospel. It's something awakened on the inside of me. I came alive to something. God called out to me and I answered and I can't get enough. But what does that mean? Where do I go? What am I? Well, you're new. A new what? What am I new of, Paul? What am I new of, Jesus? What is this new? Because quite honestly, I've never been new before. And I believe Paul is attempting to answer the question, what am I? What am I here for? What is my purpose? What does new creation actually mean? Because so many of us as Jesus followers, 
We understand that we're a Christian, but we've completely missed the purpose of a Christian. So many of us, we become born again, if I could be so blunt. We become born again, and we want the fresh start that comes along with Jesus. Am I wrong there? We become born again, and we go, I want a new beginning with Jesus. We become born again, and I go, yep, I want to do over. Problem with that thought and that theology is that Jesus didn't die on a cross for your do-over. Jesus Christ died on the cross so you can begin to live his life. See, friends, we go, yeah, I'm coming to Jesus. I want to be born again. Father God, please just thank you so much for sending Jesus. Receive me, Father God. Be Lord and Savior of my life from this moment forward. God, I'm going to do it your way. And what we are really saying for so many of us based on how we are living is that what we really want God to do is set us free from the consequences of our past but still walk into our future with the same mindset that got us the consequences in the first place. So many of us we go, Jesus, I want to start over. And he's standing there next to Father God in heaven going, I didn't go to the cross for you to start your life over. I died on the cross for you to live my life over. What am I? I want a new beginning. No. No, you don't get a new beginning. Because your new beginning would only set you back because you just want to come in with the same beliefs. You just want to come in with the same mindsets, with the same goals, with the same ideals, with the same fractured things that got you to this point as well. Jesus went to the cross for something better than just your do-over. He went to the cross so that you could be made anew. Jesus didn't go to the cross for your redo. He went to the cross so you could be made anew. Yeah. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Yeah. This is the good news of the Gospels. He had no interest. Zero. Zilch. None. Of simply saving your life from the consequences of your past. And then allowing you and me, so desperately me, to continue to live the life on the trajectory that Matt McClure chose to live his life because those same choices, that same trajectory is what brought me to my knees as a 16-year-old boy saying, I need Jesus. You see, so many of us because we haven't had this question answered for us. We are living lives where we're just attempting to get away from our old selves. We want the old consequences to be as far behind us as we possibly can, but we're not understanding. We are running from the old man, but friends, Jesus said on the cross, that's a dead man. You are living your life running and afraid from your shadow. But Jesus died on the cross so you can live in his light. Friends, you are dead men walking. You are dead women walking. You are dead people living. You are dead people worshiping. 
Friends, how many of you know in order to have, in order to be born again, there first must be a death. In order to be born again, there must be a death. And here's the crazy thing about this. Paul says to the Romans, he says, present yourself a living sacrifice. And then be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can find out the good and pleasing, perfect will of God. See, there's a specific reason that Paul chose this language. That he was using this. Everything in here is so intentional with our God. Amen. Because Paul understood his audience. He knew who he was writing to. He understood that they would get sacrifice. That they would understand worship. Because up until this moment of time. They worshipped at the altar. Not of King Jesus. But of Emperor Caesar. Whatever Caesar said goes. You got land in a farm and he wants it, you give it up. Somebody else has land in a farm and he wants it, he tells you to go and take it, you go and do it. We got to go and fight some Persians and do all these other crazy things. And I know how exciting all those men are when we watch 300 and we're trying to beat Gerard Butler and kicking people in holes. But the reality here, the reality here is that this is all actual worship except instead of being a living sacrifice they were to present themselves a dying sacrifice that they weren't called to come and live for Caesar they were called to go and die for Caesar so Paul he completely understands his audience and he says present yourself a living sacrifice be transformed by the renewing of mind. So when the Romans are hearing this, hearing what they are called to do, they, they understand some of this language. They understand what Paul is kind of angling at here, what he wants them to begin to do. Yeah, yeah, you used to do what Caesar said, now do what Jesus said. Yeah, yeah, you used to do what you used to go where Caesar said to go, but now you go where God says to go. Yeah, you used to exist to build the empire of Rome, but now you exist to establish the kingdom of heaven. Present yourselves a living sacrifice. And the reason the renewing of the mind is so paramount right here is because for so many of us, for so many of us, we want to put this as a checklist. We want to go, yep, i got to present myself a living sacrifice. I don't know what that means. And then i got to renew my mind. Step one, living sacrifice. Step two, renew my mind. Paul isn't giving us a set of checklists here. He wasn't writing to the Romans a set of checklists here. These are things that need to be lived out simultaneously because how many of you know it takes a renewing of the mind to get your head around what a living sacrifice is? Yeah. Right? Because so many of us, we think sacrifice, and we go, present yourself a sacrifice. Well, sacrifices, especially at this time, were usually dead. So how can usually sacrifices are offered up as dead? So how do I present myself offered up as living when we've got to begin to renew our mind? We've got to begin to wrap our head around what this actually means. And how many of you know the uncomfortability of renewing our minds? Because renewing our minds is, is uncomfortable, if we're being honest, isn't it? Because for Romans, this would have touched a nerve. No, you got to start thinking different. What do you mean? 
men, you can't just go and take sex from any person you want to. What do you mean? We're Roman. No, 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 you're Christians. Women, you don't have to be subjected to what you were subjected to. What do you mean I'm Roman? No, you're a Christian. Are you picking up my drift here? No, 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 no. You got to begin to renew your mind. You don't know, you no longer have to jump when Caesar says to jump. If what Caesar tells you to jump for goes against what our Jesus died for, then you don't commit treason to the kingdom of heaven just so you can simply serve the Roman Empire. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Come on, somebody. This is the renewing of the mind that Jesus Christ went to the cross for us to have again. It wasn't for a redo. It was to make you anew. Yeah. A new what? A new creation. Jesus says that you are the, he was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What does that mean? That means there was a bunch of people who had to be put to death and then brought back in a resurrection relationship with God. And you are now brothers and sisters of Jesus. This isn't about a reset. This is about a resurrection. Living in renewal has never been a respawn. It's been a resurrection. He wasn't going to the cross to set you back at block one and you could go back with the same brokenness and fractures that got you there in the first place. That's what he's saying to Rome. And I honest to God, I believe in everything in me today. If we left with this understanding of Roman culture and what Paul was actually preaching to, we would look at our daily lives and go, that's me. That's me. Maybe I've never, maybe I've never committed some of the tragic acts that, that the Romans have, but I sure as heck have fallen short of the glory of God. And, and maybe, maybe I need to begin to renew my mind because maybe I still have some mindsets because of how I was brought up. Maybe I'm still living in some ways and I'm viewing some people and I'm viewing some situations that I don't have the empathy that Jesus had. Maybe there's some things inside of me that needs to begin to be transformed and it has to begin with laying myself down and saying, yes, God, whatever you need from me, because friends, can I be honest with you this morning? Before I met Jesus, I was building an empire of self. It was whatever got Matt notoriety, whatever got Matt popularity, Whatever got Matt the center of attention. I would sacrifice anyone and anything on the altar of Matt McClure. I took my wife's last name. So, my actual last name is Maynard. And uh, that last name sucked. So. <laughs> but I would lay my I would lay anybody or anything down on my own personal altar on my own kingdom. But suddenly, when you meet Jesus and you understand, he's beckoning you. Just like his Romans were being beckoned, they would live lives where they would sacrifice anyone and anything to establish the kingdom and empire of Rome. They would do anything. They would betray friends, spouses, family members, whomever. 
It didn't matter. They would lay them on the altar of Rome and sacrifice anyone just like Matt McClure would. And then all of a sudden you meet Jesus and he wants you to present yourself a living sacrifice? No, Jesus, I'm used to doing this. If it gets me ahead to lay Scott down and trample over his dead corpse, well then that's what I'm going to do because it's about me and my kingdom and establishing my will in the earth. Well, what happens when Jesus flips the script on your life and he goes, no, actually, I want to lay your life down, but not as a dead corpse and not something I trample over, but as a living sacrifice, something I build off of. As a living sacrifice, as a living rock, as a living stone, as something I establish to bruise the heel of the devil and to build the kingdom of heaven here and earth. So why is renewing your mind so important? Why is presenting yourself a living sacrifice so paramount to being a Christian? Why is Paul going to the lengths that he's going to to let you know this is what you are? and abandon the purpose for what you are. Yeah. Friends, we got too many Christians right now. And I love the bride of Christ. Jesus, I'm not talking ill about your bride. I'm just stating the reality, Father God. Hear me. We got too many Christians right now. Maybe it's no fault of their own. Maybe it's the culture. Maybe it's the, to the way the church is in the Western world right now. But we got too many Christians who are devoted to Jesus, but not devoted to the purpose of Jesus. It's entirely plausible and possible to be devoted to an image, a person, an idea of Jesus, and not actually be devoted to the purpose and mission of Jesus. To be devoted to the person of Jesus. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Present yourselves a living sacrifice. You see the problem with the living sacrifice? Is that we're so used to a dead sacrifice that when we're called to be a living sacrifice, it's real easy, depending on the day, depending on the season, depending on the situation we find ourselves in, to roll our living selves back down off that altar. Isn't it? It's too easy. Paul says, no. This isn't about forfeiting anything and everybody on your kingdom anymore. This is about God laying you down, being a living stone and building upon you. The reason being a living sacrifice is so paramount to what being a Christian is all about is because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. But that plan and purpose will run completely countercultural to your life previous to Jesus, just like it did with the Romans. Everything Paul was speaking in this book was completely countercultural to what Empire, Caesar, the whole nine yards, what that was established on, what it was about, and what its beliefs were. In fact, it wasn't until this church that 
that entire civilization began to change and began to be renewed. In fact, if there's one thing that actually changed Rome for the better, it was Christians who decided to live out what Paul was saying, Jesus' good and perfect and pleasing will was for their lives. Friends, why is it important to renew your mind? Because in order for the kingdom of God to be established around you, the kingdom of God first has to be established within you. In order for the kingdom of God to be established around you, it first has to be established within you, friends. We are all about revival. We are all about seeing Jesus come and take over a city that takes over a state, that takes over a nation, that can take over the world. That is what this church will believe for, what we will stand for, and what we will ultimately live for. But how many of you know a revival won't start around you when a revival hasn't happened within you? A revival cannot start outside of you without first starting within you. This is why this is paramount. The kingdom of heaven first has to be established within your earthly domain before it is established outside of your earthly domain. If I'm preaching to anybody this morning, come on church. This is the mission. This is the purpose. This was the whole idea was to resurrect a fallen world and bring it back to something that was a beginning in creation that looked like Eden, that looked like perfect communion and relationship and fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's about resurrection. It's about resurrection. The whole reason we have a phrase called born-again Christianity it's because in the original Greek, there's a phrase that's used. That when Jesus is actually resurrected the state, that he was, quote, unquote, born again. It's hard to pronounce, I'm not even trying to Legit, it's, I know, I always try to go for the Greek, but uh, this one, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, guys. It sounds too close. Anyways, uh, being safe. But he writes in his Romans. He writes in his Romans, he's saying, present yourselves a living sacrifice by the renewing of your mind. Friends, if we are not living in renewal, we are living in denial. If we're not living in renewal, we are living in Denial, denial of what, Pastor Matt? We're not living in denial of the world. When you're living in renewal, you're living in denial of the world. Going, nope, I deny the kingdom of darkness. I deny culture. I deny what's happening. And I'm going to turn and I'm going to live for Jesus and what he says is best. And I'm going to establish the kingdom of God in my sphere of influence the best way that I possibly can by the leading of the behest of the Holy Spirit. When we're living in renewal, we will live in denial of the world. But... We're not living in renewal, then we're living in denial, not of the world, but of what Jesus actually paid for on the cross. See, Jesus, even for filthy, heathen Romans, who literally knew no better, this is how they were raised, this was their indoctrination. 
They were born to live, to die for Caesar. But when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't offer us to come and live to die. He offered us to die to live. He offered us an opportunity to come and die to live. We don't live and then die as the Romans did. We now live, we now die to live as Jesus did. If I preach to anybody this morning, we do not, come on church, we do not live to die as the Democrats do. Wait for it. Nor do we live to die as Republicans do. We do not live to die as Matt McClure did. And we do not live to die as my parents said to do, or your parents said to do, or your influences said to do. We no longer die to live, we no longer live to die as the Romans did. No, friends, we have been offered something so much greater. We have been offered to die to live as Jesus did. This is the call, this is the purpose, this is the mission. To live in renewal. If we are not living in renewal, we are living in denial. Friends, living in denial of what Jesus died on the cross for, you know what that's called? It's called grieving the Holy Spirit. It's called grieving the Holy Spirit. It literally means to sadden, to hurt, to harm. The Holy Spirit. Do you know what that means? Holy Spirit is one third of God. Three and one, one and three. That means you can actually make God sad. That means you can actually hurt God's heart. That means you can actually betray his trust and his plan for you. When we do not live in renewal, but we live for all of these other things. Because how many of you know we'll be Facebook advocates for something? We'll be evangelists for whatever fad or TV show we're most caught up on. We will live and we will die for all sorts of arguments that fall short of the glory of God. But the purpose and mission of a Christian, not as a 30-year-old white dude, the purpose of a Christian, you're something new. The world, the face of the world has never seen something like you outside of Jesus before. The purpose of a Christian for you and me is to be living constantly as a living sacrifice. God, do with me as you see fit. Have my car, have my marriage, have my life. Do with me as you see fit. And you know what? That's incredibly uncomfortable. There's going to need a lot of trust that needs to be established. And you're going to need to be renewing your mind a lot. Because when you begin to be a living sacrifice, God is going to ask you to do some crazy things that won't make sense in the natural. But he's going to ask you to step out fully knowing he has planned your steps. Yeah. See, friends. the other side of being a living sacrifice, of living in renewal.
is an opportunity to live a life in which you have something much better than what we do. But you're made anew. And when you're made anew, your purpose, your function, your assignment in this life completely changes. It goes from being self-centered to Jesus-centered. We just sang earlier, Jesus be the center. But so many of us, myself included, I will walk away from Jesus being the center and pull myself off that altar. But he's saying, no, keep me at the center. When you're at the center of my will, it is both equally the most satisfying and dangerous place you will ever find yourself, but I'm there too. This is who he is. Worship team, you can make your way back up here. See? Jesus is asking us to lay down our lives willingly. But it is going to take a renewing of the mind to do that. Because for a lot of us, I think we are completely willing to lay down our lives if it means we get to quit living in the old but I think it's a huge challenge for some of us to lay down our lives and be willing to live in the new. Giving up the old, that's what brings us in. Giving up the old, that's what draws us near. Giving up the old, getting away from the hurt and the shame and the brokenness and the self-destructive behaviors, that, that's what draws us close to Father God. But what we do when we get there is he wants us to begin to not just escape the old, but live in the new. Not just run from the old, but worship in the new. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? This, this is the purpose and the mission of a Christian, of a son, and of a daughter. See, if we're not living in renewal, then we are absolutely living in denial, and you might find yourself asking, denial of what? Paul answers that question. He says, right in the next verse, 3 through 9, Romans 12, 3 through 9, he says this. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, Again, these are Romans. Sword and sandals, man. Step to me. He say, no. By the grace of God, please. Be humble. Don't think highly of yourself that he ought to, but think with sober judgment. Sober judgment. We're Romans. We celebrate. We party. This is what we do. No. With sober judgment, live according to the measure of faith that God has assigned you. See, when you begin to live in renewal, then you begin to understand verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, the members do not all have the same function. So though many are one body in Christ and individually members one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, 
Let us use them. If prophecy in portions to our faith, if service in serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, and hold fast to what is good. Jesus, 
never designed to remain inside of Jesus. It was made to be poured out and established outside of Jesus in the same kingdom of God that's on the inside of you was made to be broken open and poured out and established all around you. So right now, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, right now we're going to go into one more song and we're going to sing and it's in this moment, it's my heart, I hope and I pray this morning that you would begin to open yourself up to living in renewal as we begin to sing in this next moment. You would say, Father God, here I am. I am back on the altar, God. I am back on the altar, God, right here, right now, Father. I am trusting you above my senses. I am trusting you above the culture. I am trusting you above my indoctrination. I am trusting you above how I was raised. I am trusting you above politics. I am trusting you more than a divided world right now, Father God. I am trusting you. So crack me open. Change everything within me. I will make myself a living sacrifice. I will allow my mind to be renewed. If you will bring revival to my city, then God, use me. As the worship team begins to sing, just make this song your own. You turn graves into gardens right now. Our God is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask, dream, or imagine. So right now, I am just believing for some Christians that will come alive to the truth of who Jesus is and who he says that you are, just as the Romans did. And right now, you would make the commitment to die to live just as Jesus Jesus, my name, worship team.